Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. Uh, the show you're about to hear, even though you might not pick up on it just, just from the normal listening, uh, we are broadcasting it from a different studio, a little side studio, which mm. means we're all sat in a line. We are. So it's like me, I'm sat, Richie sat to my left, sat to the left of Richie uh, is uh, Nick, our producer, sat to the, the left of Nick is Rianne, our other producer, so it looks like we're in a call centre. It really does, and uh, it's, it's not been very helpful because of course if I'm sat facing forward, I'm not looking at you, you are directly 90 degrees to my right, so I have to then turn and then I feel like I'm looking at you like a local news presenter at the end of the show going... <laughs> That's the turn. Yeah. The other thing as well, I, I'm obviously pressing in the buttons here so yes. whenever I've turned to talk to you I feel like you know if you ever have a conversation with someone who's driving and they overly look at you when they're talking to you and you think concentrate on the flipping roads think of it all the time when I'm watching uh, a driver on TV I'm thinking they're going to crash in a sec they're going to crash in a sec they're going to crash in a sec concentrate that's the vibe you get listening to the show also we just want to put it out there uh, obviously we've got songs on mm-hmm. so you know it'd be say sometimes six minutes where we've not got anything to do We've got the call centre capability. If you'd like us to field any phone calls for you over the next couple of days, get in touch, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. I'd be like one of those concierge services. We can forward calls, anything. You hear the show. I mean, it's fair to say we've got a very good call man. Obviously, the nature of the job that we do, we're talking to, well, hopefully, you know, a mass audience. Uh, you'd, uh, like to, <laughs> you'd like to think that both you and I, Bush, are confident people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd say on on the whole, probably yeah. Sometimes confidence can be misplaced. Uh, you'll think you've got the ability to do something. You'll give it a go. You'll realise immediately afterwards should have left that to an expert. Yep. Now, actually, in our household yesterday, that was actually something that my wife did. Rocco, our toddler, three years old now, his uh, his hair's been growing quite long. There are these things called hairdressers. They're out and about. They do a really, really good job. But Natalie was like, no, I'll, I'll give that a go. Just before bath time, did it, I got a WhatsApp message saying I've absolutely butchered his hair. It's a disaster. You know what, right? I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this has been highlighted because my mum cut me and my brother's hair right the way through when we were kids. And... Some of the haircuts she gave us. I've never seen anything like it. She cut my fringe like an inch shorter than the rest of my hair and people laughed <laughs> as I got on the school bus. <laughs> Rocco is lucky that this has been discovered before he started full-on school. Yeah. I don't think they laugh at nursery. I hope they don't anyway. Well, but yeah, absolutely was one of those cases of leave it to the expert. You ever had that where you've, you've taken on a task think this is, this is within my remit and you realise pretty quickly should have left it. Weirdly, you should be talking about this because this morning I tried to... I, I've done a bit of tiling in our, in our downstairs bathroom... Not, not only about like nine tiles. Like, it's a splashback. Um, and I thought that was quite easy. And I thought this tiling thing's uh, actually really easy. They're just like making more of it than it actually is. And I tried to do, is it Colking? Col- Macaulay Colkin? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Colkin. The Col- tried to do the Macaulay Colkin today. And I've absolutely destroyed it. It's the wor- it looks like it's like icing absolutely everywhere. I should have just got a, just should have got someone in. Right, let's add that to the list. So we've got Colking, Macaulay, and haircuts. All right. What else have you tried where you've realised pretty quickly I really should have left that to the experts on the list so far? Hairdressing and Colking are the two examples that we are Nightmare. bringing to the table. Uh, Michelle says some drama going on right now. My hubby has drilled through an electric cable. We have the electrician now. As we speak. See, the weird thing is, right, the weird thing is, I always think with, with DIY, you're never going to learn, are you, unless you have a, have a go at something. No. But there are certain, there are just certain things where people get paid a bit more to, because they know. Do you know what I mean? This they, are, they are experts. Leave them to it. Do you this know what I mean? is it. But it's that, it's that sensation of giving it a go and then realising just that bit too late, I should have left it to the expert. Listen to this. 
Darren says, guys, I tried making a car key for someone. I completely destroyed a brand new Volvo. Dealer, dealership cost me a fortune. How the hell do you make a car key? <laughs> I don't know. Does it even work? I mean, we, we want to hear from you about those times in life when you realised you should have left it to the experts. But that surely that's one that nobody tries. I, I admire the, the bravado of these people, but sometimes, in terms of speciality, leave it to the experts. Anna Turner says, uh, building stables. I train horses for a living. I woke up and I decided that I might be a brickie. Turns out I'm not currently got a rescue mission going on at the moment. Stephen, what happened to you when you should have left it to the experts? I'm the expert, but I'm a plasterer and I've gone to jobs that people have done themselves and they just make a right mess of it, basically. Right, so you've seen, put it right. you've seen the horrors that uh, other people have, oh, have had to go. So the I weird thing is, right, like I was saying earlier on, mate, you know, sometimes you've got you've got to try stuff out in your life, haven't you? Otherwise, rather than just paying for people to do it all the time, otherwise yeah, you'll never learn. But I imagine there are certain jobs like plastering. You can't just rock up and try plastering, can you? No, no, I, I definitely no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you know what you're doing. But the thing is, you need to recommend it to some people because otherwise, you won't have those gigs to go to where you <laughs> need to come in like the hero and fix it. <laughs> well, the thing is, I work for a plastering company, so we got work all the time. But I work on weekends, and I go to these places. Yeah. And sometimes you get there and you wish you didn't when you see what they've tried to do. So would you advise someone, uh, you know, if they were going to have a go, have a go plasterer to not, not even no, try? I would not. I would not advise them to do it. There's certain things you could have a go at, yeah. But this is, is a more of a, a skill and art, really, plastering, I'm afraid. Give us a proper Bristolian. Leave it to the experts, mate. Leave it to the experts, mate. Uh, Robin Birmingham says, Bush, Richie, leave it to the experts. Add tree felling to the list. Oh, oh and shed building. I found out I wasn't any good at that either, following the tree incident. Uh, Nick says, attempt to do some landscape gardening. I started cutting back some wisteria. Came across a particularly tough vine, so squeezed down hard <laughs> to get through. Wasn't until I started it sparking... I realised I actually cut through an electric cable to the shed. Oh, dear. And Simon has emailed us, says, Gentlemen, remember, Clint Eastwood said, A man must know his limitations. Wise word. I don't remember what, that film. What film was that from? I remember his looking at you, kid, but I don't remember... Is that, what, is that Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Are Casablanca. Sure? Clint Eastwood in Casablanca? Yeah. Uh, Pam in Northamptonshire says fake tan that's another thing to leave to the experts Ooh. rubbing a circular motion street free they say rubbish I look like a badly painted fence of creosote she says imagine if we'd have done our own fake tan when we got our fake tan thankfully we didn't we looked amazing we really did look amazing <laughs> thanks very much uh, weirdly uh, obviously we've had um, a bit of a background thing going on on, on this first hour of the show uh, we were talking about leaving it to the experts listener Simon emailed to say remember guys Clint Eastwood said a man must know his limitations uh, Richie was questioning that quote uh, and you actually said that your favourite Clint Eastwood quote was "Here's looking at you kids that's from the one. Casablanca uh, Joel says I prefer Clint Eastwood's I have a dream quote or he's never in the field of human conflict alright so. thank you uh, we do have Matt on the line to clarify uh, Matt can you please clarify when does Clint Eastwood say a man must know his limitations he says it to his gaffer in Magnum Squad which is the first sequel to Dirty Harry so what so is the actual quote then Matt well his his, 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 his um, lieutenant or whatever is saying how proud he is that he's never taken his gun out of his holster in 20 years of service or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Harry Callahan and Dan says, well, a good man always knows his limitations. And just to confirm then, that, that uh, Clint Eastwood was not in, as far as we can tell, <laughs> Casablanca. He may have been an extra in a background scene somewhere. He may have been singing the Marseillaise or something. But he is not credited on IMDb right. in any way, shape or form associated with Casablanca. Thank you for clearing that up, Matt. 
Not a problem. And one more time, Richie, your, your Clint Eastwood quote from Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kids. You're <laughs> uh, feeling lucky, punk. That's the one. That's, That's it. it. Uh, use your imagination right now. Imagine your favourite TV shows merging for just a moment. Like two worlds collide. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to happen in the world of soaps. I'm obsessed with this story. I don't know if you heard about this. EastEnders, Coronation Street and Emmerdale are set to come together for the very first soap crossover. Uh, they will join the likes of Hollyoaks and Doctors as well as Casualty and Holby City wow. uh, for a special episode focusing on climate change, which is a very important issue. It's going to air on uh, the 1st of November. Uh, basically, a social media video featuring two of Emmerdale's residents will be shown to some Corrie characters in Corrie, uh, while one of the Doctor's stars will be shown to uh, Corrie characters to kind of swap it around. Meanwhile, Casualty will be discussed in the Woolpack. Wow. And a social media clip from Weatherfield will be uh, talked about uh, amongst the people sat in the Queen Vic. Even if it was just two soap operas crossing over, it would be something else. But that's quite something. It's non-stop. It's like left, right and centre, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, the crossover thing is fantastic when you start to think about it. I mean, I would love to see uh, a Bake Off Squid Game crossover. Okay, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people watching Squid Game and a lot of people watching Bake Off. Imagine, though, imagine taking uh, the Great British Bake Off to the next level. Imagine a 65-year-old banker from Hull getting taken out by a sniper rifle because his sous fillet claps. Now, I haven't started Squid Game yet, but as long as nothing happens to Jürgen in Bake Off, which I am watching, then, then I'm on board. Imagine Jürgen's hand shaking because no. next, his next <laughs> no, contestant has no, been no, taken no. out. <laughs> Nothing's happening to Jürgen Bush. So, look, pick two TV shows then, right? This is the challenge this hour of the show. <laughs> Uh, that you would love to see crossover. What do you reckon it'd be like? I'm gonna here's two for the kids to look up. All right, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go back in time. Gonna go a bit retro with mine. I'm gonna go with the greatest TV detective of all time, Columbo. Right. Crossing over with classic '80s game <laughs> show Three Two One with oh, Ted Rogers. Love a bit of Three Two One and Dusty Bin. It was a great show, but some of Ted Rogers's riddles. I mean, you couldn't make hide nor hear of them. Yeah. Columbo could. He would do, wouldn't he? Be a very short quiz show. Uh, Richie's already done two crossovers. He did Casablanca, Dirty Harry a little bit earlier on. <laughs> uh, what would you like to see crossover get involved now, 8, 12, 15? Don't forget, about half an hour's time, we'll be asking you what your favourite knave is in a... Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> Just joking. I had a little flashback then. There's no cathedral chat on today's show. Flashback and a tiny bit of sick in my mouth. <laughs> what a great tweet this is from Iguana Raw. An interesting name. It's Twitter for you, isn't it? Uh, Chucklevision and 24. Jack Bauer will now work for CT. To me, to you. Uh, that's from Jamie in Derbyshire. How? I do, I, I'd never watched 24, so you're going to need to explain that. What? I've never seen 24. 24 is what started the world of box sets. But like CT, what does that mean? Well, he used to work for CTU, which was the counter-terrorist unit. Obviously, uh, Chucklevision, to me, to you. So Jamie's gone with CT, to me, to you, which is absolutely brilliant. Love that. Every day's a school day. Uh, Matty Paddock on Twitter as well says, what about WWE Raw and Songs of Praise? Imagine Alan Jones with his walk-on music going into St Albans Cathedral. <laughs> uh, what TV shows that you love would you like to see make a crossover? Kenny says, what about Blind Date Cross with the Sopranos? <laughs> you have to be interviewed by dads, uncles, brothers and friends. And if you don't make it, you sleep with the fishes. <laughs> uh, Dan in Enfield says, I'd love to see a crossover between Poirot and Art Attack. Poirot has to guess the murderer from the picture Neil Buchanan has made out of old jumpers. So good. Uh, <laughs> Take a bow, Dan. That's a good one. Lucy says, what about Glad Gladiators crossed with Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> Old posh people have to run the gauntlet and eliminator before an expert can evaluate their posh plates. <laughs> James, give us your crossover. Yeah, I thought to have a mixing of the Bond films with Countdown. <laughs> how's that, how's that going to work? 
Well, you've got obviously Bond has got 30 seconds to save the world, but he's got devious uh, conundrums and numbers games to solve. Obviously, you're masterminded by the evil Giles Brandreth, of course. Yes. So you're very much casting Giles Brandreth as the baddie then. Yeah, I think uh, uh, he's more. He's not that like he's a bit more like a bad. He's more like he's just so devious. He could, uh, only him could think of something so devious that only Bond could solve these problems. I think it's fair to say. Yes, he's got it's like slight menace in his eyes, isn't he, mm. Brandreth? And he's got the jumper oh, for definitely. it as well. Exactly, definitely. Equally, James. Obviously, we know that this is Daniel Craig's last Bond movie. Charles Brandreth could well be the next Bond. Imagine that. Now, that would be interesting. I have a feeling that if he wanted to start again, you would need a, a much younger one. No offence to Giles Brandreth, but he's certainly a, a bit in, out of either age range, I think it's fair to say. James, can I ask you what is your problem with Giles Brandreth? Because he's just <laughs> nothing but, <laughs> yeah. nothing but sort of trolling him so far in this phone call. Brandreth fans here. Yeah, come on. Yeah, have it have it as the villain. That's the perfect thing for him, have it as the villain. Kurt says, OMG, I've always dreamt about an episode of Casualty that has got police from the bill and firemen from London's burning in it. Uh, we're talking about crossovers tonight on the show. EastEnders and Corey are going to do a special episode where their characters feature on each other's shows. What TV shows would you like to see a crossover of? Uh, Stevie says, my 12-year-old Billy has suggested a crossover uh, between the Teletubbies and Hunger Games. Uh, Teletubbies running around trying to kill each other. Imagine that. That'd be so good. Upsy, is it Upsy Daisy? That's not the Teletubbies. Name a Teletubby. Tinky Winky, Dipsy, La La Poe. Impressive recall. I was just Thank saying, uh, Tinky Winky telling the rest to go on ahead without him. Upsy Daisy, just uh, while you're on it, is in the night garden. There you friend. go, of course. Yeah. Uh, Phil says, uh, what about pointless and naked attraction? Exactly like pointless, <laughs> but contestants have all their bits out, which is fairly grim. Uh, right, let's uh, let's chat to Mon. Mon, can we ask you, um, we're going to guess first. We're going to try and work out what Mon's short for. What do you reckon Mon's short for? Maureen. I'm going to say Monica. Or close. Like, ooh, what's close to Monica then? Um, Shorten Mon- it. French, French it up a bit. Monique. Yes. Good name. Very good. <laughs> First ever Monique on Home Time. We've had a Monique before. Yeah. On home I, time? I can't remember one. First ever Monique. Well done. <laughs> Monique, or indeed Mon. Uh, your crossover, please. Um, it's The Walking Dead. And supermarket sweep because the zombies always find the supermarket, don't they? In the programmes, they just She's do. She's good. She's good. That's a good point. They're always they always mess up supermarkets and, and knock all the stuff on the floor, don't they? The zombies, and that's just what happens in supermarket sweep. Exactly. I just think it bring a whole new side to it. It'd be great. <laughs> I'll say one thing though: supermarket sweep. There is an element of speed to it, and zombies to me, they're they're lumbering. They are slow zombies, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. although in the later zombie, the more modern zombie movies, they get like fast-running scary zombies, like True. 28 Days Later, and there's like a lot of running zombies, isn't there? Yeah. Monique, we could chat to you about zombies all day, but we know you need to go. <laughs> Take care, <Yeah>. Monique. <laughs> bye. bye. See you, bye-bye. It's takeaway tea night for you. We celebrate that and we salute you. Uh, now I'm going to share something with you now that I shared with Bush earlier today. Got a very quizzical look. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that because you've had the time to think about this right now, you're going to be a little bit more open-minded to my observation. I'm open-minded, but just slow, still slightly concerned. <laughs> so I went for a run earlier, training for a half marathon. Running along rivers is the key because, of course, your river it can't go uphill. It's flat. I'm going to take your word for that. I'm not going to question it, but I'm going to take your word for it. They can't go up hills. They can't go up hills. Rivers run flat. Otherwise, it's like a waterfall. So I'm running along this river, and then suddenly I could see in the distance a swan. Okay. Swan starts to flap. I'm thinking, hang on. 
Swans getting ready for takeoff. This is always a majestic sight. And everyone knows your swans got these massive wings. We know that they can break arms with their wings and all that kind you of stuff. Don't jazz. mess with a swan. You don't mess with a swan because of their wings. Starts flapping. Water, palaver, load of noise, water going everywhere. Trying desperately to get off the river. Its neck stretched out as it's trying to go forward. Flapping away, flapping away. Noise, noise, noise. And then suddenly it starts taking off and it makes its way from the river. Uh-huh. The noise disappears, the swan soars, and it looks the most amazing sight. And I thought to myself, your swan, that's nature's concord, that is. That is I mean, it's a fair, that's a fair observation. It does, in flight, it does look a bit like concord. It's white as well, isn't it? It does, exactly that. It's got the long neck like concord had. It's got the big wings like concord had. When it took off, concord, great big deal of noise as well, like your swan does. I put it to you again so you can all agree at home <laughs> Your swan, it's nature's concord. It is. I, I'm not. I can't argue with that. So here's the question for the final hour of the show, and this is going to be one of those ones that will either go great, or people will just be all looking at the radio, going, "What?" It's a crossroads moment in this. It's final a crossroads show. moment. Think of another mammal or bird, which, when you look at, it's nature's version of a man-made invention. Because nature, um, you know, we mimic nature, nature mimics us and all that kind we of do thing. We indeed. A uh, symbiotic relationship, I can throw in a word from uh, biology A-level in there very as well. Very good, very good. I'm going to say that seagulls are nature's bin lorries. <laughs> very good. They'll eat any old muck and they nick pasties out of people's hands. That's very, very true. So there I've had a chance go. to think about it and thought I'd just chip in with that one. Thank you very much. I feel like we're friends again on that yeah, one now. Are. 8, 12, 15 for your text. Tweet us at Absolute Radio. What else can you spot that is nature's version of a man-made invention? If I say it confidently, people will believe me. They'll, start, they'll, they'll re-edit, like, Wikipedia's page on, on swans and say swans are often referred to as nature's concourse. I'd say you're doubling down on it, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to get it over the hump. It's because I'm concerned, all right? I've made this observation. I know it's a little bit strange. I'm hoping that other people will think of other animals and mammals from the nature, the, the natural world and think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's nature's version of a man-made invention. Has it worked? I, th- I think it is. Neil says, uh, I've seen moths that have got the same markings and wing shape as a Vulcan bomber. Therefore, moths are nature's Vulcan bombers. Thank you, Neil. And Sam in Wilmslow says, the tortoise, nature's caravan. Very much so. I like this. They're getting it. They're getting it. Right, keep coming. Uh, Lee Taylor says, the green anaconda is very much nature's St Albans knave. Uh, ah, <laughs> see what he's done. Yes. If the fact is correct. Uh, it appears to be a very long snake, and of course, the nave at St Albans Cathedral, I don't know whether you've heard the show this week, it's the longest in England. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Get up to speed. <laughs> Any other animals or mammals that, uh, I think they're the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that are nature's version of a man-made thing. Andy says, surely the zebra is nature's barcode. <laughs> <laughs> We're really on to something here. Uh, it's flying now, this. Uh, Chaz, what you got for us? Kingfisher. E- equivalent to a jump chest harrier, I believe, is a kingfisher because of the way it hovers. Oh, yeah, because harriers, I remember them from the 80s, they hovered in the air on the top of aircraft carriers and stuff, didn't they? They do, yeah. That's right, yes. A Very king- good, yes. A kingfisher's aggressive? Well, well, I just believe they, they they usually go where there's lakes and rivers mainly. That's what I understand, and uh, and so does the jump jet Harry. I believe. Very that's good point. Yeah. Put missiles on it. That's a very good point. <laughs> You've nailed that. <laughs> so yes. another one to add to the list. Uh, your kingfisher is nature's Harrier jump jet. Of course. 
Yes. Thank you, Chaz. Uh, a lot of comeback uh, to uh, Chaz from a few minutes ago, claiming that uh, your Kingfisher is uh, nature's Harrier jump jet. We kind of went along with it, though, didn't we? We did, and uh, we're party to all of this. Uh, Neil says, Kingfishers don't hover. He's thinking of hummingbirds. Hank says, no, the Kingfisher isn't. The Kestrel is nature's Harrier. The prototype jump jet was called Kestrel. Later versions then became the Harrier. So Chaz has picked a bird that in no way, shape or form hovers. <laughs> no, in fact, dive bombs. He's completely ruined it for us. Yeah. Uh, Ricky says, surely then uh, geese are nature's red arrows because they fly in formation. Very good. And, and uh, lovely to hear someone from St Albans seeing he's had so much airtime this week on Home Time. Uh, Ali says, surely a crab then is nature's JCB. Keep them coming. If the swan is nature's concord, what other animals and mammals uh, from the natural world could be an equivalent of a man-made invention? Let's do one more. Harry, what have you got for us? Uh, the giraffe. Nature's street lamp. How's that work? Well, it's like for like, isn't it? They look the same. Right. They do. I've I've seen the odd giraffe. They don't emit much light. It's not a lot of light coming out of them, Harry, mate. No, I'm on the shape. I didn't really think it through after that. But <laughs> What is your line of work, Harry? Uh, farmer. Right, so you, you're hanging out with animals. Admittedly, not giraffes that often. No. So, so you should know all this <laughs> no. kind of stuff. Well, we don't, we don't farm too many giraffes, I'm afraid. Can, is there any way of involving giraffes a bit more in farming? Can they do anything? Yeah, what do giraffes... I mean, if, it depends if Harry farms as much eucalyptus, because that's what they eat, isn't it? <laughs> do you, do, what, what do you farm, Harry? Uh, just the usual wheat, barley, oilseed, rape. Do you ever get bored of that stuff and think, oh, man, I'd love to farm something that's good for giraffes or something else? Uh, it'd have to be something tall, I guess, wouldn't it? it yeah, would. that's a good point. I think I've got it wrong. I think it's koalas that we eat eucalyptus. <laughs> of course, of course. They that look nothing like a street lamp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harry, is there anyone else you want to say hello to? You're on, you're on Absolute Radio. What do you want to say? Uh, if Milk Steve's listening, he's out in a tractor as well somewhere. He'll, be, he'll be proud of you he hearing that proud. last 30 seconds. <laughs> Great to have you company. I'm going to head home and uh, resume my Bristol Rovers season that I'm doing on FIFA 22 at the moment. I just want to say a big apology to all gasheads that listen to the show. I've taken you as taken over from manager to five straight losses. <laughs> See how we get on tonight. I am going home and on Sunday when I made a roast, uh, I peeled way too many potatoes. Oh, that's a good mistake, though. So then what I did was I cling-filmed some of the peeled potatoes and tonight when I get home, I'll see if they're still any good. Oh, my, what a strange thing to be doing on a Thursday night, checking spuds for for (laughs) mould. They need to be good, because otherwise there's no chips. Get yourself a PlayStation. We are both taking part in Go Sober October uh, in all in aid of the brilliant uh, Macmillan Cancer Support. Thank you to everyone who's supported us so far. How are you getting on, Richie? Doing all right? Do you know what? Halfway through, delighted that we're halfway through, so pleased that we've done what we've done so far. I find, I don't know about you, I find for me it's the weekends that are harder than the weekdays because the, week, the weekdays, you've got a morning of... Little people running around. Toddlers, in case you think anything else. <laughs> then we get into work, we do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, then I get, I've get. i barely got anything left to give when I get home. Weekend, it's all a little bit more social, and that's that's when I find it harder, but so far, so good. I, I agree with you. I think the big test is going to be watching Match of the Day on Saturday nights. Football's back. Then you normally have a little tipple, a little race yeah. to the pinky, but not this time, because we're going sober uh, for Macmillan Cancer Support, and you can show your support by donating to the Absolute Radio team at Go sober.org.uk slash hometime and join us today in doing whatever it takes to support people living with cancer. One other final point uh, about this uh, 
other studio that we've been uh, doing today's home time in. No bin. There isn't a bin, is there? No. Normally, you and I will finish the script, roll it up, and this little game, go and put the ball in the uh, bin. Nothing. And, and also, we use it for, you can tell whether you can have a good evening or mm. our teams are going to win. You know, is, is the ball going to land in the bin? Arsenal win tonight, Everton win tonight, whatever. None of that in here at the moment. What do you think? Uh, can I nestle this paper ball behind that top TV that's hanging off the wall? If so, uh, if you do it, we're gonna have, I'm going to have a brilliant tea this evening. You're going to have a brilliant tea too.